0: This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. I'm beginning a new series of messages today entitled Home for Christmas. You know, folks, there have a... There have been more Christmas trees sold this year than any other year. I don't know if you realize it, but this year people started decorating earlier for Christmas than they ever have. You know what that tells me, folks? People need Christmas. People need Christmas. And uh, so uh, that's what we're going to talk about. Home for Christmas. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 2, look what it says. It says, now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now, now, here's what I want you to understand something. These wise men came from the east to Jerusalem. Look what it says. Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Do you realize this, folks? Joseph was the father of Jesus, the earthly father. There's not one record in the Bible of him speaking. There's not one record of Mary's husband ever speaking. Maybe that's a message for us men. <laughs> there, there, there's not one record of him speaking. And look, the only time that these wise men actually spoke was literally right here. When they said, Where is he that is born King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. I want to talk to you about Jesus. Jesus is who makes Christmas home. Jesus is who makes Christmas home. In the early 40s, our country was in the middle of World War II. Our young men were away from home, and a couple people wrote a song. It was a Christmas song, but they wrote this song for those men that were serving overseas. They, they thought this song would be an encouragement for those men as they were away from home. Bing Crosby, recorded the song and made it big. This was the song. I'll be home for Christmas and you can count on me. Please have snow. I never heard Bing sing it that well. Amen. <laughs> I begin to think about folks home for Christmas, and I begin to think about what really makes Christmas home. And folks, I've reached this conclusion: what makes Christmas home is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. What makes Christmas Christmas is Jesus Christ, because folks, there's there's no Christmas without Jesus. Amen. I remember a. Uh, I remember the first time I went to Israel, I took a group to Israel, and we got through customs there in Tel Aviv, and we got our luggage through, and we got on the bus, and I've probably taken 10 different groups, and there's a tour guide. His name, he's a Jewish man. His name's Edo Canaan. And Edo Canaan, when we got on the bus, he did the same thing that he's done for the 10 times that I've taken groups. This Jewish guide looked at us and he said, Welcome home. Welcome home. And I said, I don't know that I understand this, but I do feel at home. I do feel at home. And then I began to realize the reason why I felt at home is because Israel's where our roots are. It's where our roots, it's where Jesus came from. It's our roots. Jesus is what makes Christmas home Now here's what I want to do for just a few moments I'm, I, I'm not going to preach long I'm not going to preach long But here's what I want to do for just a few moments I want us to look at those wise men Those wise men Now, you know, we sing that song, We Three Kings And that's a good song, I guess But, uh, but you know, they weren't kings They weren't kings They were astrologers They were astronomers And, you know, it sounds good, we three kings, but the Bible really doesn't say they were three of them. It simply says they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They may have just been two or they may have been 20. All we know is they brought three gifts. But what I want us to do, I want us to look at those three or however many they were. I want us to look at those wise men, and I want us to see three things that they teach us about Christmas. Because I truly believe this year we need Christmas. And I truly believe there's some things from those wise men that we can appropriate into our lives and we'll be better because of it. Now, first of all, the first thing I want us to get from those wise men is this. Believe the Word of God. Believe the Word of God. D.O. Moody said God didn't give us the Bible to increase our knowledge. He gave us the Bible to change our lives. I want to challenge you just to believe the word of God. You know, I'll tell you something. I started doing years ago. When I'm going through a tough time, I'll take my Bible. I'll take my Bible when I'm going through a tough time, and I'll just put my arm around it and go to sleep with my Bible. I'll just go to sleep with my Bible. You say, Pastor, you're a nut. Well, I'm screwed on the right boat. Amen. I just <laughs> go, just go to sleep with my Bible. Because this is what I've based my life on, folks. I've based my life on the fact that I'm going to believe the Word of God. Now, now here's what, what I started asking. I, I started uh, asking some questions. Now, these wise men, this is what I know, they were from Babylon, which would have been modern-day Iraq. So, they're in Iraq. And they end up in Jerusalem, Israel, which is about 600 miles away. And they get from Iraq to Jerusalem, Israel, and they ask this question, where is he that is born king of the Jews? I mean, you just, the question I ask, why did all that happen? How did that all happen that these guys who studied the stars just so happened to end up in Jerusalem, Israel, asking, where is he that is born king of the Jews? I've always had a mind like that to ask why. I live my life every day wondering, why, why, why? You know, I wonder about things. I wonder like, did you ever think about this, and I'll get back to the message, but I I, I wonder why drugstores make sick people walk all the way to the back of their store (laughs) to get the medicine. Amen? I just, I wonder why they sell hot dogs in packages of 10 and buns in packages of 8. You ever wonder about that? I I wonder why Tarzan never did have a beard. I just wonder about all that stuff. Why not kamikaze pilots wear helmets? I've always just wondered about all that. You know, at least I used to travel and preach just somewhere just about every night, and I'd have to use the restroom, and I'd go to these convenience stores, and it'd be locked. I thought, well, now, why do they lock the doors? I think I've got the answer to that one. <laughs> They're afraid we'll break in and clean them, amen? <laughs> but, but here's the question I asked: Why did these guys end up? What, what, what happened? And then I realized something, folks. See, there was a Babylonian king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. And he conquered Jerusalem. And when he conquered Jerusalem, he took some of the finest young men back to Babylon. He took some of the finest young men back to Babylon. They were devout Christian young men. One of those men was a man by the name of Daniel. And if you will remember, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and Nebuchadnezzar, none of his men could interpret the dream and Daniel interpreted the dream and he said, because you have interpreted my dream, Daniel, look what the Bible says. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief of the governors, look, and over the wise men of Babylon... This godly man, Daniel, was over all the astrologers and astronomers. And you know what he did, folks? He taught them the Torah. He taught them the Pentateuch. He taught them the first five books of the Bible. And one of those books was a book by the name of Numbers, and in Numbers chapter 24, he taught these astrologers, Guys, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. He said to those astrologers, You guys get this. A star is gonna come out of Jacob. What's another word for Jacob? Israel. A star is gonna come out of Israel. And a scepter, that's the staff that a king holds shall rise out of Israel. What would he say, guys? You're going to see this star in Israel. And when you see that star, you just start following that star. See, somebody said, Pastor, it was the star that brought him to Jesus. Oh, no, no, no. It was the Word of God that brought them to Jesus. And, folks, by the way, it's still the Word of God. It's the Word of God that will bring you to Jesus. That's why, in these difficult days, folks, I want to challenge you to believe the Word of God. A star is not enough, by the way. Because if you look in verse 2, they got to Jerusalem and they said, Where's he at? Where's he at? It wasn't enough. But if you look at verse 4 and 5, it says, and when they had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. The star didn't bring them to Jesus. It was the word of God that brought them to Jesus. Yeah. Folks, that's why today we still need the word of God. That's why we need to preach and study and teach the Word of God. I just want to say to you, I realize these are tough times. I'm not delusional. I realize these are tough times. But I want to encourage you, even in the tough times, you lean into the Word of God. Even in the tough times. See, in the tough times, you lean into Hebrews 13 and 5. Because you know what that verse says? says, it says God will never leave you nor forsake you. I, I don't know who's walked out on you, but God will never walk out on you because he said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. You said, but Pastor Benny, I've had great loss. I've had great loss this year. Well, I want you to know something. Psalms 34 to 18 says he's near to the brokenhearted. So if your heart's been broken, God is near to you. You know what Romans 8 and 28 says? It says that God is working all things for our good. So it may not be good for you right now, but God said it's going to be good. If it's not good for you right now, it's going to be good because God's working all things for our good. See, I want to report to you folks. In light of everything that's going on, we're going to get on the other side of it. In light of everything that's going on, we're going to get on the other side of it. And what the enemy meant for bad, God's going to turn around and use for good. What the enemy tried to do to destroy you, God's going to, he's going to elevate you and God's going to bless you in supernatural ways. See, see folks, I believe we're all going to get on that road (laughs) that Paul got on. You say, what are you, what, what are you talking about, Pastor Benny? We're all going to get on that road that Paul got on. We're going to get on that road to demask us. Yeah. Praise God! Yeah. <laughs> There's going to come a day that one day these masks are going to be history because we're going to be on demask us. I'm just saying, folks, all I'm trying, I'm not preaching against masks, by the way. I'm grateful when we don't have to deal with them. Here's all I'm saying. (laughs) I will tell you this, the the man who led me to the Lord, he went into a place the other day and they said to him, they said, sir, do you have a mask? And he said, no, this is my real face. (laughs) Here's what I want to say. We're going to get on the other side of this. We're going to get on the other side of this, I promise you. And here's what I want to say to you. I learned from those wise men, believe the Word of God. Let me tell you the second thing that I learned from those wise men. Follow the will of God. Follow the will of God. Let me tell you something. When I'm talking about follow the will of God, sometimes everything does not make sense Somebody says, I want it all to make sense. Sometimes it don't always make sense. But here's what I want to say to you. You obey God and leave the consequences to him even when it doesn't make sense. You follow the will of God. What God wants us to do, ladies and gentlemen, is what we need to do even when it don't make sense. Because sometimes things don't make sense. I heard about a guy that was out in the woods And a bear was chasing him, and he didn't know what to do. And finally, he just stopped. And he said, God, make this bear a Christian bear. And he happened to turn around. And when he turned around, that old bear had its paws together. And that old bear said, bless this food to the nourishment of my body. (laughs) Now, here's what I know from studying this story. We follow the will of God even when it doesn't make sense. You obey God when it doesn't seem right. You do the right thing and leave the consequences to God. You leave the consequences, no matter what the situation. Just do the right thing, obey God, leave the consequences to Him. Now, let me give you an example. These men were astrologers. They had read that a star is going to hover over Jerusalem, 600 miles away. Some special star will hover over Jerusalem. So what they did, they came to Jerusalem. But once they got there, they stopped. But I want you to see something, folks. If you look at Matthew 2, 9, look what it says. And when they heard the king They departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east. Wait. It no longer hovered, but the Scripture says it went before them. Now, here's what you got. You've got to understand this. It confused these guys because they understood that stars travel east to west because that's how the earth rotates. So it made all kind of sense. But when they got to Jerusalem, that star started traveling north to south, which is contrary from the way stars travel. God circumvented nature. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. Here's what I'm going to say this Christmas, what we learn from these wise men. This is what we learn from them. I'm going to believe the word of God. I'm going to believe God's word. I'm going to follow the will of God. And then lastly, I'm going to give my worship to God. I'm going to give my worship to God. Now, we're almost done. We're almost done. But if we get to verse 11, look what it says. And when they were come to the house. Now, let me, let me just say something, folks. The wise men, it makes a great nativity scene, but they never came to the manger. They, they, it makes a great nativity scene when you put the wise men and shepherds and everybody together, but, but they, they, didn't, they, they weren't able to come to the manger. Jesus was probably a year and a half old when they arrived. It's really real clear in the scripture. Look what it says. It says, when they were come to the house, they were already in a house at this time. And they saw the young child. Notice, not a baby. With Mary, his mother. Now, look. And they fell down and worshiped him. Now, I have all kinds of appreciation for Mary, but I want you to see something. They didn't worship her, they worshiped him. They didn't worship her, they worshiped him. Only Jesus is worthy of worship. Only Jesus. Now, look, he's a year and a half old. I can see him. What I think they should have done is they should have brought a tricycle. <laughs> Maybe a little small for a Red Ryder BB gun. He'd get his eye shot out with it, sure as everything. Maybe a little small for that. But these gifts, And frankincense and myrrh. To me, it didn't make sense to bring a two year old gold and frankincense and myrrh. Then I realized something. Maybe those gifts are more about us than they're about him. What do you mean? Well, they said, uh, we're going to bring him gold because gold was a gift for a king because we need someone to rule us. Ladies and gentlemen, when they brought that gold to him, they were saying, you are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are a ruler like no other ruler, and we need someone to rule us. They said, not only are we going to bring gold, but they brought frankincense. Now, let me explain. Frankincense was used by the high priest in worship. Only the high priest could use it. Only the high priest, once a year, could come into the presence of God. Frankincense was a gift for a priest because we need someone to represent us. Look what Hebrews chapter 4 says. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Folks, let me tell you something. Before Jesus Christ came, only the high priest could come into his presence. But I've got good news. Because Jesus came, we can all come into the presence of God. They brought gold because we need someone to rule us. They brought frankincense because we need someone to represent us. But I'll tell you the strangest gift. They brought myrrh because we need someone to redeem us. You said, Pastor, what was myrrh? It was a spice that was used to embalm bodies. So get this. When they came up to this little baby, year and a half old, and they gave the gold, they said, you're our king. There's no king like you. And they gave the frankincense. And they said, because of you, We can come into the presence of God. When they gave the myrrh, they said, you have come to die for our sins. You have come to die for our sins. You know why they wrapped him up in swaddling clothes? Because swaddling clothes is what they use for dead bodies. From the very beginning, he came to die. That's why, get this, I'm almost done. That's why on Christmas Eve, we have communion. We have the Lord's Supper. Because you know, I've read the Bible through and through. You have to. Not one time in the Word of God does God tell us to remember His birth. But over and over, He tells us, Remember my death. Remember my death. And what those wise men knew has come to die. Christmas is not about the fact that Jesus just was born in a manger. It was about the fact that he lived 33 years and then went to a cross and died for the sins of the world. See, my Christmas is about gifts under a tree. But God's Christmas Was about placing the most precious gift on a tree. That's what God did for us. He sent his son Jesus and He died that we might have life, abundant life, and eternal life. See, there's a question. I started out talking about questions. Did you ever think about the first question in the Bible? I want to give you the first question in the Bible. It's a question that we all need to ask. It's the first question in the Bible, it's Genesis 3 9. Where art thou? way, that's a question that every one of us ought to ask ourselves. Where are we at in our walk with the Lord? Where am I at in my relationship with Jesus? Where at? Where art thou at? Where art thou? Where art thou? And let me tell you something, folks, eternity's too long to be wrong. We need to know that we're at peace with God. You said, Well, that's the very first question in the Old Testament. Yes. What's the answer? The answer is the very first question in the New Testament. (laughs) It's in Matthew 2 2. Where is He? (laughs) What we need to do, folks, is just say, Where am I? (laughs) I'll tell you where I'm at. I need a Savior. And the answer is, where is he? Jesus, King of the Jews. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me. If you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord. And forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord. Lord for forgiving me thank you for coming in to my life Amen friend congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make and I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling he's a fact this decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's word says you must do to have eternal life so congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today God bless you and we'll see you soon